You're listening to Fiercely Courageous Conversations with Dr. Rebecca Ray and Monica Cade. This is a monthly podcast to help you rise above fear and express yourself authentically. Our intention is to create real conversations and explore why many women hold themselves back from being all that they are. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Fiercely Courageous Conversations podcast with Dr. Rebecca Ray and myself, Monica Cade. Our aim is to provide thoughtful insight around how as women we limit ourselves from truly expressing who we are and how this manifests into our professional and personal lives. Episode six is all about overcoming roadblocks. We'll address psychological obstacles and creative flow stoppers. Both Beck and I will share our own individual experiences and certain practices that have helped us to go beyond the moments we felt stuck and how we have navigated our way. We'll also discuss why roadblocks are also opportunities and gifts in disguise. I'm ready to sink my teeth into this episode, so a big good morning to you, Beck. Good morning, Mon. I'm very excited about this episode. It's a topic that's close to my heart because I think I'm pretty good at getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's something that we can all relate, relate to. But when we were coming up with this topic, I, I, I feel this topic is intimate for me. Yeah, I know. And I'm sure our listeners do relate to, and some of them are probably sitting there, you know, with their cups of tea or whatever and being like, yes, I want to get into this. I hope so, because I don't want to feel alone with this. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're all in not. this together. We are all in this together for sure. Maybe we can start off by defining what roadblocks are and, and what they can look like. I think from a practical perspective, the, the roadblocks that I see most and certainly the ones that I experience most personally are practical roadblocks like lack of knowledge or skill. So I guess we should probably start by talking about, I guess for you and I, we're talking about roadblocks in the creative process and roadblocks in putting our work out into the world. So that's probably a better place to start. For our listeners, when you and I were discussing this topic, roadblocks cropped up and when we were talking about roadblocks to what, it was roadblocks in being able to uh, do the work that's meaningful to you and put it out there. Mm. Yes, that's right. And we decided that we had gotten stuck very regularly um, in the process of that. And as I was thinking about what are the roadblocks, what do I see on a I can't say day-to-day basis because um, my evolution in this process is uh, probably doesn't happen every day, but it certainly happens regularly. Things like lack of knowledge or skill. So you get to a point where you perhaps just don't know what to do next. You, you don't have the knowledge to be able to put the steps in to be able to do uh, to get you to the end goal that you want um, or the skill you just need you're lacking in something mm-hmm. um and then there's psychological roadblock roadblocks so most commonly and I say these in client my clients all the time the stories that happen in our heads um like I can't mm-hmm. don't or I should one. or I shouldn't mm. yeah those one those conversations that happen in our head about all the self-criticism or the justifications for why it can't happen and then there's the human, very human experience of just generally trying to avoid pain. 
so human beings will do almost anything to avoid pain even long before they try to seek pleasure we will attempt to avoid pain so if what you're trying to do is outside your comfort zone and let's face it most meaningful work is Mm. it requires us to dig deep into a well within us which is often uncomfortable and that's where the most powerful work happens we will try to avoid that first and then there's behavioral roadblocks like procrastination I am brilliant at that so we should talk about that at some point because <laughs> I'm such an expert on it. <laughs> and um, doing little things that feel like being productive so I'm also brilliant at this you know when you do all the things around the thing that you should be doing so I might write a to-do list and I'll do there'll be one hard thing on it and I'll do all the other things and convince myself that I've been productive but I've actually not really done anything that's moved me forward wow. um, with the big thing mm-hmm. yes um and this is closely related to talking about doing it without actually doing it. I've also done that as well where I've, I've talked a lot about my thing and that's convinced me that I'm doing the thing, but it's not actually doing it at all. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I think it, it, let's talk about procrastination because I feel like procrastination is a very common roadblock and I think sure. lots of people experience it. And I'll have to say, I actually don't procrastinate that much. Oh, I don't uh, like you. In fact, I don't think our listeners would like you at this point. <laughs> no, I think everyone's going to hate me. However, there are moments when I do. There are moments where I will have a bio to write for a client and I always give my clients a lead time that it's going to be turned around with. But I also have a rule for myself. If I've told someone, whoever it is, and this is not just in work but also in my personal life, if I've committed to something and said I'm going to do something by a certain date, then I have this rule for myself that I can't go against that. Mm. Unless for whatever reason, like there's a really genuine thing that pops up and, you know, something happens and I can't actually do it. But otherwise, if it's just for procrastination reasons, then I don't yeah, then it's not okay to not follow through. So that I think has been a big help in procrastination, in dealing with procrastination. Like I do have moments of it, but I find I'm just like, you're creating more pain for yourself right now. So just do it or sit down and attempt to just start writing. And after I sit there for a few moments, just like putting things together, it flows and I turn it around and I'm like, that really wasn't so hard. I think I would have spent so much more time in that space of, I don't want to do this than if I, you know, just did it. And so that's my take on procrastination. It's so pious, you know, like it's so enviable. I feel like you should become our anti-procrastination god um, or goddess, as the case may be, because everything that you say is correct. So from a psychological point of view, um, being able to not only connect with certain values that allow you to overcome procrastination, so what you've identified is your sense of integrity Mm. and that accountability of clients really helps you to step forward and take productive steps rather than to sit in the discomfort of I don't want to do it. Mm. Um, So those those techniques for overcoming procrastination are very helpful and I must admit that when I'm under a deadline or a sense of pressure, then I'm generally far less likely to procrastinate, particularly if someone's relying on me. Mm. 
And then the other aspect to that is that you've also been able to identify that the pain of doing the task is very likely to be less than the pain of anticipating doing the task. Mm, yes. And where, where people get caught up is they anticipate such discomfort in doing the task that they dread it. But mm. the dread itself grows and grows and grows. So we experience anticipatory discomfort for much longer usually than the actual um, task takes to do itself. So because you're able to identify that consciously and then choose, uh, essentially what you're doing is you're choosing your hard. Mm. So you're saying, okay, well, they're both going to be hard, but I'm choosing hard for less time. And I know from my previous experience that if I go ahead and do this task now, I actually have less discomfort than if I was to sit here and ruminate about it for two days before I start. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I find that I do though, I just realized my (laughs) way that I do maybe procrastinate a little bit is I'll go and make sure that everything's clean. Like I just cannot sit down if there's dishes or things like that lying around that has to be done for me in order to just sit down and write. Yeah, I, I actually don't call that procrastination, though, Mon. In my – oh, it's not really study. I don't know. In my conversations I've had with creative people and the things that I've read about utilising creativity and maximising it, um, I fully believe that we all have a creative process and if we follow the elements of that creative process, then we access our muse or our genius or whatever you want to call it quicker. And one of those things can be that if you – Uh, prefer an uncluttered clean environment then that's essential to your creative process it's not actually procrastination it can feel like it you know if you haven't cleaned up before the time comes that you need to do the task and therefore it takes up some of the time you've allocated for the task but ultimately I see that as part of the creative process Mm, I like that I have never thought about it in that particular way I know I do I do I genuinely have a clean space because I know that I function better as a human being when I'm in a clean environment. However, yeah, I just thought that that maybe that was a bit, you know, over the top being too pedantic about it. I don't, I don't think so. I've heard it too often. Mm. Mm. I have little rituals as well that help me to overcome roadblocks, um, that are, they're small, but they, are things like I will always make some kind of beverage before I sit down. Mm-hmm. It's like a I, – I feel like I'm almost bribing myself. Like if you're going to write, then you can have a cup of tea yeah. and then once you've written a certain number of words, <laughs> then you can have another one. <laughs> so um, it depends what it is, you know, or I'll get up my – my preferred Spotify uh, writing playlist mm-hmm. for that for that session, you know, mm-hmm. and so there are little things that you know I do as well, as well as having a clean desk. But I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say that is that for me is procrastination. For me, procrastination is checking my email or I'll decide that I can't possibly start writing until all my emails are responded to, which is absolutely rubbish. Like, you know, people aren't going to die because I haven't responded to their emails, um, you know, by 9am in the morning. Yeah. And yet I make all these kind of justifications and it's actually all about avoiding sitting down and doing the thing that requires me to do the mental hard work of getting creative. Mm. So, then how do you, is it just, does the, once you get started, does the procrastination feeling or the hard work, as you say, go away? And then do you just fall deeper, I guess, more connected to yourself and then you feel different doing the writing? Yeah, 
feel like two things can happen, so it can go either way. I can either have a session where things will start to flow Mm -hmm. and I'll start to write and go, oh, that's how I write. Okay, so – and I'll write something that I'm quite pleased with, Mm -hmm. which might lead to a bit of a run. Um, So I might get a 1,000 words down without thinking too hard about it. Or I could write 300 words and every single word hurt um, and I had to coax myself to stay at the computer for the entire 75 minutes, 120 minutes that I've said that I was going to sit there and write. So it's not always a guarantee that it won't be a fight um, or that it won't hurt in some way in terms of the effort involved. Um, But it doesn't matter because what tends to happen at the end of that is that I experience this deep sense of satisfaction so which I don't experience if I've been procrastinating so one of the things that I know happens for me if I procrastinate is actually my motivation drops I feel uh, less confident I, I don't necessarily feel less worthy but I feel more frustrated with myself because I'm I just don't like wasting time And so I get caught up in more negative emotions around the task than if I was to just sit there and do the work no matter what the outcome of the work is. So I have a question for you then, because for me, the process is a little bit different and I wonder if you've ever tried this and I'm sure, and I think this is nice that we have different perspectives because everyone's different and everyone, you know, manages their procrastination in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes what I've found is... I always have a to-do list every day and sometimes yeah. on the list I don't like particular things or I don't I just look at them and I'm like oh I just don't want to do that right now. So yeah. I'll start with something else so I know that I'm at least taking action on other things. And if for example I come down to the thing that's maybe a little bit harder or feels hard on that particular day let's say it was writing and I sit down and it's just not flowing. Sometimes what I would do is I'll go away. Like if the, if I feel like, Oh, I just want to go have a cup of tea or I just want to go and sit on the beach for like 10 minutes, then I allow myself to do that. And then when I come back, I find I naturally gravitate towards my computer. I sit down and I find myself more in the flow. So that's how I sometimes deal with it. So I don't, you know, stay there. Sometimes I will stay there and it starts coming out. Sometimes I listen to that feeling of like, Oh no, I want to go and do this instead. And then I naturally come back to it. Mm. Have you found that, have you ever tried that or have you found that at all beneficial? I have tried it. Um, It depends. So for me, sometimes I do experience a sense of cabin fever Mm -hmm. and the best thing for me to get back into a creative state is to have a different geographical view. Mm -hmm. So whether that means going to the beach or for me, I actually love going to the mountains. So um, there's something about getting into a regional state for me where there's, you know, I can see cows or I can see um, wide open spaces. Mm. That, that tends to really open my brain up. I don't feel as cluttered as if as I do when I'm stuck in a city. Mm-hmm. And so I, I will sometimes do that. That doesn't mean that I'll come back to writing on that day. Sure. Um, but one of the things that I also know about myself, which doesn't really fit with your flexibility, <laughs> is um, I'm just not that flexible. But also I'm a morning person. Yeah. 
and I respond very well to doing the most important thing first. So I once had a coach who said to me, rather than doing the hardest thing on your to-do list, um, why don't you do the most important thing? Mm. Because those two things might not be the same thing. And he said, it seems to me like you're getting a lot done, but you're not moving forward on the project that is actually most important because it keeps coming last. Um, And so one of the things, one of the techniques that I have used successfully um, is that I get up and the first thing that I do is get my number of minutes of writing done and I might do that from 5am until 7am and then I feel like I'm unstoppable for the rest of the day Mm. but if I don't get it done in those morning hours I find that once the day starts there's so many distractions that can come in that um and I'm easily distracted and I'm also uh, very seduced by avoiding pain um, and convincing myself that I'm being productive in other ways that I can go off and do a million other things but not actually get the writing done. So for me it's more about that routine of get up and do what's most important and once I get a run of that happening it tends to be more successful. Mm, I really like that because as I think about my own to-do list, yes, you know, it could have lots of things on it during the day. But if I look at it and say to myself, okay, well, which is most important? Some of those things could include doing the washing, you know, because I I don't have a nine to five uh, job that I have to go and attend. So I have that flexibility to do some of those domestic things. And I guess I would need to look at that and go, okay, well, where does that sit on the scale of what's important today? So I think that's a really easy and simple tool that people can take away and see if you got if you guys listening do try this out see what happens and see what changes for you and and let us know because we'd be keen to hear yeah and also just be aware of your own clock like your own biorhythms and work within your own capacity so there are many people you know you talk about being a lark or an owl if you're an owl if you're a night person go with that it's just that I'm not so I don't I don't my brain stops working in the evening and I just have to go with that and rest because if I try to go against it um aside from the days where I did pull the all-nighter when I was writing my thesis (laughs) I um I really don't function well at night so I've just learned to to work with what I've got rather than trying to work against what I know is, Uh um, as part of the road, you know, part of trying to overcome roadblocks. But, you know, all these roadblocks are tied in together, Mon, because when we're talking about procrastination, we're also talking about the mind. And my mind's incredibly strong, as I'm sure our our listeners' minds are incredibly strong. And so I know the stories that my mind will tell me, um, that I also have to be aware of in order to be able to even sit down, open that Word document and start writing. It's not just about, oh, good, it's morning and I've got myself in front of the computer. Mm. It's also, it's morning, I've got myself in front of the computer, I've set myself up with a cuppa and a Spotify playlist and now I have to remind myself that 
I don't have to be perfect <laughs> and I can do this because I've done it in the past and that um, putting words on a page isn't life-threatening. <laughs> so therefore, I don't have to sit here in a state of paralysis before I try something out with the next sentence. Mm. So there's a lot of mental gymnastics that I also do in order to overcome those psychological roadblocks. I'm not just because I'm a psychologist doesn't mean that I get this kind of uh, blank canvas that's very easy to navigate. Mm. So interesting. I it's our minds like to negotiate a lot, I find. Yes. And you just, you have this negotiation with yourself. And I think it's about becoming really aware when that conversation does happen, because it's easy to get lost in it. You know, you make, you make packs with yourself. You say, oh, do it after this, or, oh, it's, it's too cold. Or you'll come up with the most ridiculous stories at times to not do something. And I think, yeah, it's more about becoming aware when that negotiator voice comes in and just recognising that it's there and seeing if you can step away from that and just bring yourself back to the task at hand. We've, we've spoken in a couple of other episodes about just taking the action rather mm. than focusing so much on the dialogue that goes on in our mind. So I think that's, can be, that can be something very helpful in overcoming roadblocks too. Yeah, I think I love that you brought that up because there's a couple of things there that stick out for me. One is when the negotiation is um, your mind attempting to dominate you in some way, you know, so your mind negotiates and sometimes you know you can negotiate back successfully like I negotiate with cups of tea you know mm. that that negotiation is usually quite successful um I sometimes negotiate with going out away from my computer to a cafe so I'll take my laptop instead of sitting on my desktop and say look if you go to a cafe you can have a chai and a different view as long as you write this many words or at least you write for this many minutes um or also negotiate with the Pomodoro technique, which I might have talked about in previous episodes. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was that's, our last episode. Yeah, right. So that's the 25 minutes of focused attention at a time with a five-minute break, and I do a few of those and then feel fairly solid after that. But the other thing that showed up for me is because I have been a little sick in the uh, last few months or so, sometimes there are legitimate roadblocks. Mm. So um, sometimes you know, we just can't do stuff. So I've um, experienced times where my morningness <laughs> has disappeared because I've not been well. Yeah. And if I did sit down to try to write and go against the discomfort that I was feeling physically, nothing would have happened. You know, I actually would have done myself a disservice. So there's been times where for me recently I've had to go, what's a real roadblock that is telling me something that I need to, you know, rest or I need to do something differently or this project's just going to be delayed, like simply just going to be delayed because of what's showing up versus what's fake and what what do I have to overcome because it's just a mind story. Mm, I absolutely agree with that. I think being able to recognise for yourself when it comes down to wellness and sometimes just your your mindset you wake up and you're not in a good mood or whatever and sometimes that doesn't pass straight away and I think being a little bit more gentle and kind with ourselves is also very relevant to overcoming roadblocks it's not like you just got to charge through that roadblock that's not what we're saying at all no, but you're exactly right because it's that kind of conversation that I think actually really helps to identify what's authentic and what's not. 
I'm being kind to well, at least for me, when I'm being kind to myself, I can weed through a little bit to get to my intuition to be able to say I'm not well today, which means you can do washing or you can do mindless activities that still need to be done. They're still on the to-do list, but they don't require creative output. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when I'm being harsh on myself, which is a lot of the time as well because my mind loves being self-critical, um, it's sometimes much harder for me to see the forest for the trees and the harsh chatter can convince me that I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough or I'm not measuring up and that creates that kind of hustle mentality where I feel like I'm constantly ever having to do more. Um, Whereas in that kind state, I can separate it out to be able to go, actually, no, rest is what's needed now. I'm more flexible psychologically in that state, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to talk a bit about also how we navigate or like when there is a roadblock that isn't going to move and that sometimes it serves a purpose. Now, Mm. one example that's just popping to mind because we do have a lot of listeners that probably are in the creative industries or even if you're not. For example, I've heard lots of my clients say to me like, oh, my website is due to launch on this date. And we all pretty much know that that doesn't generally go to plan for most people. (laughs) And I guess, and I see how much angst they go through and how much pressure they put on themselves. And I just think to myself, and I think maybe it's probably because I've had the experience in the past and I just went, in the grand scheme of things, what is going to happen if the website doesn't launch on this particular date? And then second to that, I think maybe there's a reason that this is happening, you know? Like there is a bigger picture in life that we don't always see and sometimes roadblocks have come our way because there's a lesson for us to learn or we're being slowed down because it's not the right time and I'm not trying to be too philosophical about it. However, that is the nature of what we do every day, roadblocks do come into our way and sometimes they do serve a real purpose. Yes, they do. And I think that when you're in a situation where you're not listening or you're not uh, using your intuition or, or not perhaps observing the roadblocks if they keep coming up. So sometimes we know that those roadblocks that are trying to tell us something, um, are meaningful and have a purpose to them is when they keep showing up um, over and over again and there doesn't seem to be a clear way around them. Yes, absolutely. I think that is the critical part where we have to stop and slow down and really, you know, evaluate what is happening because the lesson keeps repeating itself until you learn it, essentially. That's right. That's what I was trying to say. The lesson keeps repeating. So it's not that you have a habit. Like, I have a habit of procrastinating at times. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that the procrastination is telling me that, oh, my goodness, you know, like, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. The procrastination is telling me I'm just being an idiot and need to get over myself. But the, there are times where, like I know that I've gone down certain paths with my career and roadblock after roadblock has come up and it's not until I've eventually stopped and gone, actually, I don't have to just work harder or find different solutions. I think this roadblock is here telling me that I'm on the wrong path. Mm. 
Yes. And I, I think that's where roadblocks are actually really useful, if not essential to getting us back to ourselves and back to our authentic state to be able to say, are you doing what you need to do? Like this makes me think of when I started Happy Habits mm-hmm. and um, I think I was telling you, when I started Happy Habits, I hated social media. I still don't love social media, but it's brought me some wonderful things. Yeah. And it was my first foray into social media, and so I kind of hid behind the brand. I didn't put my name on anything, and I really kept my true self um, separate from social media. I didn't. I engaged, but I engaged from we at Happy Habits rather than Rebecca Ray. Yeah. And. It's funny, as I was doing that, the brand kind of stopped growing. So I'm, I don't mean the, the social media audience stopped growing. I mean, I didn't necessarily get the engagement. I wasn't getting the satisfaction out of it. And I wasn't, I didn't even really feel connected to it. And I was thinking, what's happening? Like, I, I don't, I don't have a passion for this. I just feel like I'm creating something and I'm on one side of a screen and I'm trying to put this work out there, but it felt not false, but almost um, superficial in a way, like surface level. And when I finally acknowledged that these, these practical roadblocks kept on coming up, like I didn't know how to do something with a website or, you know, something wasn't selling or, you know, just all the practical online business type of um, problems that show up. Uh And when I stopped and went, perhaps you actually need to acknowledge that what you're really looking for is to create a courageous connection. Like everything that you're about is helping people to be more courageous, Uh but you're not being courageous yourself. And so when I started my personal brand and putting my name out there and writing under my own name, everything changed. Uh And I'm not saying everything became easy because it's not like I became a website pro just by doing that. Um, But it, it things opened up that had never opened up previously. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, listeners do take into consideration that roadblocks can sometimes be a gift in disguise. And if we're not constantly trying to bash through that wall, uh, then, you know, we can stop for a moment and maybe we'll realize like we're not supposed to go in that direction. Here's the direction that we're supposed to go in. And another common roadblock that I have witnessed for myself before and then in many other people is when people push themselves to the point of burnout and then Mm. they get sick. And I just... Hi, are you talking to me or are you talking to someone else? Because it feels like you just wrote this for me. (laughs) Yes, we've all gone through it at one point in time. (laughs) Been there, done that. I know. And then so you're not listening to your body and it says, all right, well, I'm going to stop you. And, you know, you get sick or you hurt yourself and then you're not capable to carry on with the thing that you were doing. So I think in that sense, roadblocks can impact our health too. They come in all different, you know, ways, shapes and forms. So just be aware, I think, when, when things are repeating themselves. And make sure that you, for our listeners, like it just makes me want to reach out to everyone and give them a hug if they're feeling in that space where they've just been bashing themselves against the a brick wall over and over again to try to get, you know, through when actually what they need to do is to stop or to go in a different direction. Because we, you know, most of us go down that path at some um 
time or another, I just want to encourage listeners to really go gently and to remember that it's okay to talk about this stuff. Mm. And I, one of the things I really have get value out of is having these conversations with people that are also on a creative path, people that get it. Mm. So I want to encourage listeners to find that person or all that group. It might be an online group or it might be a, a group that you meet up with or perhaps you're lucky enough to have someone in your family that does something similar. But just find that person that's safe where you can get real with them and say, today's tough, you know, like this this path is tough at times and have that person help you pull pull yourself out to be able to see the forest for the trees. Exactly. And in addition to that, my suggestion would also be get yourself out into nature, meditate if you like to meditate, do things that bring you joy and bring you closer to yourself again, because when we're in angst or discomfort or pain even, we stop our creative flow. Like we're not creative. So we're pretty much closed up. So whatever you whatever it is that you love, go and do a little bit of that. Even if you have a huge to-do list, just taking 10 minutes out of your day could be the very thing that you need. There's that quote I've seen floating about on Instagram where they say that you should meditate for an hour a day or something. Uh, And if you're too busy, then you should do even more. Yeah, three hours a day or something. Yeah, something like that. So whatever it is that you love and in those moments that you feel like you really shouldn't take a break because you don't have the time, maybe do because it could prevent you from going down a path of getting sick or bumping into unnecessary roadblocks because your mind's not as clear and sharp as normal. Yeah, it's amazing the clarity that you can get from stepping back, hey? Yeah, absolutely. And we're all human and the world's not going to fall apart if we don't get through our to-do lists. Exactly. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up our conversation today? No, I just love listeners to let us know what works. Like I'm always about learning how to do this better and I'm the first to say, yes, roadblocks show up for me as well. And I've developed my own little tips, but if you've got yours, let us know. Come and see us on Instagram um, and join the conversation because this is how we all get better. Mm, Exactly. So you can find Rebecca if you're not already following her at Dr. Rebecca Ray and me at Monica Cade. And before we do finish up today, Beck and I do have a very exciting gift we'd like to offer our listeners because we're halfway through the Fiercely Courageous Conversations podcast and because we've really enjoyed creating this experience and then also sharing this experience with you, we have just talked about what we could offer you as well. So... We haven't announced what it is, but you can find the link in our show notes to find out what goodies we've got in store for you. Thank you again for another delightful episode, Beck. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I love this topic. I hope listeners got a lot out of it and I look forward to next month. Yes, me too. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone, and take care.